So I had a really great start to to this because I was just getting set up for the record and I was making myself a coffee and I poured coffee all over my counter that I just oh. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and so not only did I not only did I have to clean that up before rush, coming onto the call, but I also uh, didn't get my coffee. So I only have a half coffee now. No. <laughs> oh, that is tragic. Did I ever tell you about the, uh, I have, co- making coffee is such a funny thing because like you need to, you need to get that one cup in you to be able to function. <laughs> there feels like there's a lot of prep work that requires a little bit of thinking. And like, I don't know if we've told you, but we started like grinding our own beans and like yeah. a, a burr mixing thing. And um, anyway, I was making my coffee once and I like, was, things were going well. I was probably coming off night shift and stuff and got the water in the thing and, and the beans all ground up and packed in there and all ready to rock and roll. And I uh, uh, pushed the start and I go off and do my own thing. Well... I come back later and discover that there's coffee all over the, <laughs> all over like the bottom of the machine and all over the counter and dripping onto the floor. And I was like, what the hell? Oh no, I forgot to put the cup underneath <laughs> and it oh. just like made coffee. So you're just pouring straight onto the counter. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, <laughs> coffee, oh, that's too funny. Lack of coffee morning fails. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was so mad. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, um, that was a rough start to the day. Welcome to Taste BC Radio, where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere you can eat and drink local. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan, and we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBC Radio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. All right, tasters, let's get into it. Well, Dan, we did it. Happy six months of the podcast. Holy moly. Six months has flown by. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It, it didn't even feel like that, like it's been that long. Like I didn't even notice until you mentioned it last time when we were finishing up the la- previous episode. And now yeah. it's thinking back, I'm like, holy crap, it has been six months. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think. I mean, it makes it easier that we're only doing it twice a month. So it, yeah. um, we can have time in between but maybe one day we'll do weekly and then it'll really feel like six months <laughs> <laughs> it'll be feel like a year at that point yeah oh, that's awesome um uh, it's crazy like because we at the beginning like we had such a different idea of what this was going to be like and to see it like transform into what it is now it's really really quite cool yeah yeah and to see people coming back to listen and um see the numbers growing and like mm-hmm. having people actually want to hear what we have to say or feel obligated to in the case of our parents and friends <laughs> definitely an obligation there 100 percent. yeah <laughs> but it's funny because people i know will be like oh i haven't caught up yet i'm on i have you know three or four to go and i'm looking at the numbers i'm like oh but we're still seeing increasing numbers mm-hmm. on every episode so it's it's not coming from family and friends just continuously like we're it's actually like growing as well so That's it's pretty, pretty cool, cool to see yeah yeah i found out the other day at soccer practice that a bunch of the guys on my soccer team who i didn't well i guess from our little limited advertising of when we started this they were actually they've actually been listening to it so and they didn't t- decide to tell me until the other day. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. Well, shout out to Gorge! 
<laughs> how do you know that's our my imitation cheer? of you that's wild that's that's like how we start every game nice <laughs> we should get you to come over for every game and just like yell that from the side as yeah, we like perfect. your cheer that'd be great <laughs> we all know that you're yelling enough for everybody on that field that's fair that, that yeah. is true <laughs> i do turn into a little bit of a different beast when i'm on the field so I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but does everyone know that you're like former semi-pro football player, soccer player? Uh, I don't think we've ever actually talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I get the timeline mixed up. I can't. I, I'm pretty sure I was 17 when I signed my contract, and I just I was lucky enough to go to a school that had a, a high school that had a soccer program and uh, very, very, very well known, especially. Uh, with the coaches that are running it, and they they have a lot of contacts over contacts over in Europe, and uh, they decided to bring some coaches over to do a coaching session, and uh, asked if I would be take part as as a goalkeeper. And afterwards, the the coaches asked came to me or came to my my coaches and asked if I would be interested in going over to go on trial for a couple weeks uh, at a time during the school season, and to see what how I would do and how I would compare over there, and um, so I did that for most of like my grade nine, grade 10. And then I signed my contract when I was 17 and moved to Dundee, Scotland, uh, where I got paid to play soccer, which is a wild concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was part of the uh, youth academy uh, at the time and uh, was training a lot with the first team and um, uh, quite a few uh, like legends of the game in Scotland, uh, the more most importantly, their goalkeeper, Robert Douglas, was a huge, like, Scotland legend. Uh, he's got, like, f- nearly 50 caps for Scotland at the international lever- level, played for Celtic, one of, if not the biggest club in Scotland for years, played for Leicester down in Leicester City, down in England. Just an absolutely unbelievable goalkeeper, and uh, it was uh, an absolute honor to work with him, and uh, yeah, just didn't quite work out, and um, I decided to come home after my two-year contract and decide to try something else f- for a change, and that's kind of where I've where it's brought me here today. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's really it's quite like you're you're very humble about it, but it's really incredible to see what you were able to accomplish, especially at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And I think the so, what are the odds like one in a hundred thousand of making it as a soccer player? But if you're a goalkeeper, you have like one in fifty thousand or something. So at least you got yeah. a bit of an advantage with that. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I I kind of forget because now you're like Dan the paramedic. But <laughs> I uh, every now and then I think about the fact that you were over there playing, getting paid to play yeah. the sport that you grew up loving, mm-hmm. and it's just it's such a cool um, experience and. Totally. It's like so impressive too that you on your own decided to walk away from that too because you realized that you wanted to be a different person than you were becoming doing that. And I think that that's something that I discovered with my work mm-hmm. um, after 10 years of working somewhere and you <laughs> discovered it with your with your soccer after I, well I guess it was more than two years but in that so you know yeah I mean I think it, it probably helped that I was kind of on my own uh so I it was 
it was it was a difficult time when I was over there. I uh, I reflect back on it and I was not super happy, which is really weird even for me to, to say now because soccer was my life for mm-hmm. most of my life. But uh, it really it taught me a lot about who I am and what my values are and what I want to do with my life and what kind of impact I want to make on this world. And um, it it was an amazing experience and I have absolutely no regrets. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I think it really shaped who I am today and um, and kind of gave me like a really good foundation to 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 continue on in life and kind of figure out what I want to do. And I've fallen into a career that I absolutely love and it's turned into kind of the new soccer obsession for me. So um, and but I still and I still get to enjoy the game that I love as well as um playing for playing for the Div 2 Gorge team and a bunch of friends who play on it who I've played for uh played with for a long time and they're just a great bunch of guys and I have a I have an absolute blast I always look forward to training and uh and especially game day and oh it's 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 a lot of fun and this season is a bit more special for me uh being back in Victoria I can actually participate a lot more because I'm not commuting back and forth from Vancouver and uh they asked me at the beginning of the season whether I would consider going back in goal and uh this is the first season that I'm playing back in goal and it's uh since I was well since I was like 19 or 20 or something yeah. like that and uh um so it's been a lot of fun uh, <laughs> it is kind of like riding a bike. I feel like I was really rusty at the beginning, but it like starting to find my feet again, and now I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And uh, another absolutely remarkable thing about the fact that you went over to Scotland and back is that you were with the same person who is now your mm-hmm. wife throughout that whole thing, which is especially at that age, so incredible. Totally. It was definitely a trial by fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a wild experience. And uh, I think both, uh, both my wife and I learned a lot about one another and about ourselves. And uh, it's, uh, it's kind of brought a lot of strength to our relationship. And uh, yeah, I don't recommend the long distance <laughs> to people because <laughs> it's really hard, but uh, we, we pulled through it and uh, we're doing really well. Again, I'm so happy with the with the decision that I made, and there is, uh, yeah, like I said, yeah. and uh, there's a, no regrets to me. I'm so content with where my life is. I'm so, and I feel very happy and fulfilled. So, and I have this kind of cool story that I can tell people, um, but I, I try not to be too. I don't know. Feels weird talking about myself. I still get really uncomfortable doing it. So if people want to yeah. ask me about it, like I'm happy to talk about it, but I try not to. Try not to paraded around <laughs> that's just not who i am um and you're in a fifa game aren't you i am yeah so <laughs> uh, a couple years uh, see i'll uh, do the breaking for you oh thank you yeah yeah <laughs> dan meet bus thank you thank you jeff um <laughs> my my friend was playing uh, fifa 13 way way back when and uh he happened to come across the club that i played for and found a six foot five Canadian goalkeeper named Daniel Cavanaugh. And so, yeah, I made it into FIFA 13. So I actually, my, uh, my parents bought me a, a used copy of it or no, I, yeah, it was a used, a used copy. So I, I still have it just cause it's, I think it's a cool yeah, uh, memento to awesome. be actually part of a video game, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm not absolutely terrible in the game, which is also kind of cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just put you in with all the worst stats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bloody Canadian. 
He doesn't know how to put it. They call it soccer over there. Let's give them all the worst. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, we are going to talk about food on wheels today. Oh, I, I am loving, loving uh, the food truck world these days. It is so good. Yeah, we, we've talked about... There's been food trucks that have come up in the conversation we've had. Either, you know, a place starts as a food truck or mm-hmm. it's a food truck with a permanent home or in um, what I was tasting one time we talked about one of them but this is the first time that we're going to be dedicating an episode to food truck uh, for our our main topics and i'm pretty excited it's it's a little bit different because they have different kind of histories right because Mm -hmm. they they can pop up so quickly and their overhead is so low that they can be in and out they move around they have all different kind of clientele because they'll be in south langley one day and then they'll be in the heart of vancouver the next day and then they'll be in north van or whatever so it's really interesting and um the food truck culture especially in the lower mainland is really interesting as well especially with vancouver and new west and burnaby getting uh, permits to have a food truck and sell because well we can get into that later but um it's i don't know how it is in victoria but it's really 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 expensive and hard to get a food truck permit in vancouver right now. really yeah, it's been getting better because they've been making concessions for certain people uh, as long as, well, okay, so if you just want to be a food truck mm-hmm. and then you have to get one kind of permit, like if you want to be on Granville Street and be selling food, yeah. my understanding is you have to have one kind of permit where like you're a restaurant basically and this is the location where you're allowed to be. Whereas if you're going to be a food truck at a brewery, then that's a different kind of thing. You have to be on their property and you're serving food. Like you still have to have a, a permit for that, but it's not right. the same as if you're just like, oh, you get a permit to go down to the beach and sell ice creams or whatever there. it's right. So it's completely different. And so some cities, it's a lot harder for than others. And Vancouver, for some reason, decided a while ago that they were going to really restrict the amount of food trucks that they had and food carts that they had. Interesting. And so it's been really difficult and people would get in through a lottery and the chances of getting a, a permit were really low. And so if someone got a permit, they would sell it to someone else for $250,000 and then they would only be allowed to be in one location. And then huh. maybe the location across the street got a permit for something. And so it was really difficult. And so a lot of these food trucks that have been popping up recently, the, the what I call younger food trucks. Yeah are starting in Surrey and Langley and and Port Moody and uh, Coquitlam because it's so much easier to get permits for out there. And there's a lot of breweries going up. And then the other the problem with being a, a food truck as well is that in each municipality, you have to get a permit for that municipality. Oh, that right? would be so tricky, it, especially it in does, the Tri-Cities. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's expensive. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's coalitions between certain cities. Like the Tri-Cities might have one for them together but i don't know but if if you want to if you vend in langley at like a market and then you want to go to new west you have to apply to the city of new west to get a permit there and it doesn't it doesn't mean it's expensive but there's regulations that they have to follow and so you have to get permitted to be in every single one of those municipalities which makes it a lot more difficult so Mm. Mm, fair enough yeah but food trucks are so much fun they are. What they what they can do in such a small space. I used to once upon a time I wanted to have a food truck, and I, I wanted to call that. it. I wanted to call it Fridays. F R Y space 
D-A-Z-E. That's and so everything that would come out was going to be deep fried. Oh. And the and this the the feature dish was going to be a grilled cheese and tomato soup. And but the grilled cheese was going to be battered and deep fried. Oh my god. <laughs> and the tomato soup was just going to be uh tomatoes deep fried whole, whole um and a little bit of garlic and some thyme deep fried whole and then blend it up into a puree with a little bit of cream in it. <laughs> Damn. That sounds so but, good. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Times have changed better, a little bit. I got better things to do with my life. And if anybody wants that idea, it's, it's free market. You can yeah. have it. <laughs> but if you get rich, I want 10%. Yeah. Yeah. That's a binding contract right there. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, though I do remember that way back when you were wanting to start a food truck. I think that was, was that part of when we were in Portland together and we were uh, hanging out in the like the food truck parking lot, basically. That yeah, that was kind of one of the things yeah. that I brought up. Was it would be so cool to have a food truck and and um, just because it's so much easier financially to get into having a food truck and it's a lot safer than having a restaurant. And at the time, I was still wanting to have some sort of restaurant, and right. then that evolved into having a winery and then that evolved into being smart and not wanting any of that stuff so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man i think you would be a very good uh winemaker i mean i would have the the closest thing to a restaurant i would have now is an airbnb and then be like making breakfast for people but which would be awesome yeah yeah. anyway so i i want to talk about a unique food truck in the lower mainland area and it's called veg out Mm mm-hmm so Veg Out is a vegan comfort food food truck. And uh, everyone that I've gone there with, vegan or otherwise, just loves the place. Yeah. Uh, they do, they typically are open on Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes Friday nights, and sometimes long weekend Mondays, depending on the schedule. But for the most part, it's about two days a week in the winter, three or four days a week in the summer. And um, the first time I encountered them, they had only been open for a week or two and we really wanted to try it because everyone was talking, saying good things about it. And we had to drive all the way out to Langley and we were still living in East Van at the time. And so we took an Evo and and took an Evo all the way out to South Langley, like 164th Ave, like pretty close to the border and went to this farmer's market and stood in line for, I don't know, 25 minutes to get the food. And we got so much food. Yeah. And I sent pictures to my friend who was the one that told me about it. And he was super jealous because he can't drive. And um, and I was like, haha. He's like, bring me something. I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, and then they got permits for Port Moody. And, and they were able to go to the breweries a lot. Um, they got, they've been in New West a couple times. Burnaby several times. Sometimes they go to Strangefellow Brewing in Vancouver, which is really good for having food trucks yeah. there. Um, so Veg Out started... A little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago now, in August of 2021, it started by two brothers, Scott and Troy, and they, the whole philosophy behind it was they wanted to create a comfort food place that was serving uh, accessible vegan food. So the menu's accessibly priced, they have um, a few burgers, a few poutines, a few different types of vegan wings, um, and that's about it. Really? And then every weekend... Or once every two weekends, they'll have a new feature. And it could be a wrap or a burger or a different poutine or something. Usually, oh, they also have milkshakes. And so they have uh, sometimes a feature milkshake going on. Like right now, they have a holiday nog milkshake happening. Nice. 
they did a Philly cheesesteak feature this weekend for their feature. And so their their food is really like simple comfort food with a little bit extra kind of on it. So they have um they have like a buffalo chicken sandwich, a regular chicken sandwich, they have a kind of classic style burger, and then they have something called a veganator or veginator, depending on how you decide to pronounce it, where it has a beef patty, chicken patty, two slices of bacon, lettuce, tomato, and veggie sauce, which is kind of like um, Big Mac sauce. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, uh, these are imitation meats. Yeah. And so it's kind of like like a what someone would call the farm burger, basically. Right, right. And then they have poutines. Their poutines, their gravy is phenomenal. Uh, obviously, you can't do cheese curds the same way mm-hmm. in vegan food, so they just use matzo shreds, but it still works well for the 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 fries, the fries are super crispy, and then so it hold, they hold their own against the gravy. They have a buffalo chicken poutine where so they do the regular poutine, and then they put buffalo chicken bites and drizzle ranch on top of it. That one's a showstopper. That one's so good. Um, their chicken is really crispy. It pulls like chicken thigh. Uh, it's like it's really it has like stringy bits to it. It's really really tasty, really addicting, and. Their burger buns are so light and fluffy. Uh, It's like a perfect brioche bun, which typically brioche gets most of its flavor and texture from egg yolks and butter. Yeah. And so whoever is their bun supplier is doing a really good job with their buns. Nice. Super nice guys. Um, I've become pretty friendly with them in uh, going there so frequently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they, They made... About maybe six months ago or so, they did a feature with where they made mango habanero wing sauce oh. for their chicken wings, which is made from seitan and it has like a. I, I don't know if you've ever had the sushi with the the that's made from like tofu skin. Mm. Anyways, it if it's fried, it gets this really crispy kind of chicken skin texture to it. Yeah. So there's chicken wings that are made like a seitan wing, which is. Uh, Fed a wheat gluten, which is a pretty common replacement for chicken style food right. or, or kind of um, faux meats. Right. And then it has this tofu skin on it. So it gets this really crispy skin on it once it's deep fried. And then it has a little bamboo pick in it. So you get that kind of essence of biting off a bone. Oh, it's kind of weird, cool. but it, it tastes really good. So, a, you know, you get over awesome it pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it also helps you not like you don't have to eat it with a fork that way. You can get that experience that that feeling of like eating with your hands this rather than like boneless chicken bites or whatever. Anyway. So they had a feature where they made a mango habanero sauce and that Mm -hmm. sauce is one of the best sauces that I've ever had on anything. And they'll serve it on their chicken sandwich. And it was, it did so well that they just permanently kept it on their menu. So um, (laughs) love it when that happens. They always have like, they still have their original menu um, and then they'll have, you know, printouts of their features on the side of the truck, yeah. and they just still have the habanero ones on the side of the truck. Like this is still a feature, and I'm like it's yeah. not a feature; it's always there. Come on. Yeah. I was telling, um, I was telling the guys that they should sell the sauces. Yeah, they uh, definitely should. Sounds because, uh, yeah, a lot of the sauces that they make are really, really tasty, and I'm sure that even if it was super infrequently that they sold a bottle of the sauce it would be worth it because people would buy it i think especially the mango habanero sauce their ranch dressing yeah Yeah, they they have a really good caesar dressing they use when they do kind of like a chicken caesar wrap that kind of stuff so really simple 
place, really comfort foodie. It's nice to go there, have a smash a couple of burgers, poutine, wings, whatever, with beer at the breweries where because you know all these breweries are popping up and so they go around they primarily will end up at farmers markets or breweries if they are at a farmers market too uh in the morning they'll often have a breakfast sandwich which is really tasty it's uh on an english muffin and you can have sriracha mayo or garlic mayo and then it has a egg patty which i think is usually just egg the folded patties Mm -hmm. and then they have a kind of sausage uh patty and then tomato and bacon. Right. And so it's like like a Tim Hortons kind of sausage or like a McMuffin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, so good. Yeah, it's oh, really good. So good. Oh, and cheese, of course, on it of as well. Course, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like you would know better than I do, but uh, when I'm like looking at like sauces and stuff like that, trying to pick stuff out at the, at the grocery store, I don't see many, like I don't see a lot. I see some like vegan options for dressings so or like sauces so i feel like they would that's like an almost an untapped market or at least it's not tapped nearly enough so i feel like they would do so well if they sold yeah a lot of the vegan dressings will be in a different area because a lot of them have to be refrigerated so they'll be with like the salads or whatever with the kind of like natural ones and they won't be with the rest of like the heinz or whatever right but ever since hellman's and some of the other big name brands have started getting into making vegan versions of sauces. Like Hellman's has a really good vegan mayo right now. The competition for it has been yeah. really unfair because they're so big that they can produce these at such a low cost that the really good yeah. small producers are getting just washed out of the market. Yeah. So people who do want to buy that are wanting to buy it from either someone they know or, or a place like you're not going to be able to go to save on and get this stuff probably ever. Because it's just too small of a market, or too small of a producer, and too small of a market to compete with uh, Hellman's. So, um, Hellman's is fine, but if you wanted like a really good one, then being able to get it from a restaurant or from a food truck is is going to be really uh, beneficial because it's not going to cost them any more to do that. They just need to have a container that they can put Mm -hmm. it in, and if they if they sell it out of their truck as well, it doesn't have to be shelf it doesn't have to be shelf tested. So if you sell, like, if, I, if I'm if i a producer or a restaurant that wants to sell something outside of my restaurant at Savon or something, it has to go to a lab and get a test to see how long it takes before it goes bad. And then it has to get all the ingredient labels and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Whereas if I'm just selling it out of my shop or my restaurant or my food truck, I can just give it to you in a mason jar or like an uh, indescript plastic container and it doesn't need any labeling or anything on it because I'm yeah. responsible for it coming out of my building. Whereas if it's get held, handled by a secondary person, then right. it has to have all that labeling laws on it. So it's all those costs are alleviated if you just right. sell it from yourself. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Hmm. Well, there you go. That is cool. Oh man. Yeah. So awesome. That sounds delicious. I, um, uh, always enjoyed our comfort food, our comfort vegan food when we went over to Va- Vancouver with you guys. Like comfort food is very yeah. heavy, obviously, but I find vegan comfort food you kind of eliminate all yeah. the oh, extra yeah. saturated fats. It, it's heavy for sure yeah. because a lot of it's deep fried and stuff, but you you bounce back from it so much faster. That's why I enjoy eating this heavy <laughs> food over yeah. you know animal based heavy foods where you know you don't have to compete with all yes. sorts it coming at you from all different directions. So. It's nice. It's really nice. And um, like one of my good friends is 
very meat centric in his diet. Actually, right. he's, that's not true. He's been getting a lot better. But he anyway, the point is, is that he's a little scared. He's a little vegetable hesitant, mm. and he loves this place. Oh, so wow. well, that says a lot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just gonna say, huge kudos there. I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but you know who you are. <laughs> Eat your vegetables. So, Dan, what have you been consuming lately? Well, normally I've been I've been on a streak of doing like interesting drinks and stuff like that, but I'm going to switch it up and do something a little different, and it's going to be what's on my plate. Ooh. And yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think this is going to sound super exciting to you, but me not being in the food industry and not having this before, this like was wild for me. And <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit. What it, what it is is I we had what's called the Big Crunch Poutine from Jones Barbecue, which is a barbecue joint in uh, Victoria. Uh, super well known, uh, amazing uh, like smoked brisket and uh, and barbecue, and uh, just an amazing place. I might have to do an episode on it on its own, so I'm not going to talk too too much about it. But specifically, one of their items is the Big Pr- Crunch Poutine, and what it is is it's basically a crispy chicken. Uh, poutine and it was so unbelievably good i could not believe it (laughs) like normally because normally with uh with poutines it's brisket or it's like pulled pork or it's and it's often made with beef gravy which is fine more and more we're seeing like mushroom gravy and stuff like that so which is great but this was the first time that i had something that i felt like i could eat um on its on its own without having to like change like the the beef gravy or whatever um for those of you who don't know i don't i can't really have it's not really true but anymore but i had a really big issue with red meat along for a while for the last like seven or eight years and like i would just get really really sick after for like three days and it just i just cut it out completely so having this option for me was like a game changer and so the big crunch poutine consists of obviously fries and they chop up their um, their big crunch chicken breast, which is like their fried chicken. Uh, it's got cheese curds. It's got uh, the gravy, and it's got Alabama white sauce, barbecue sauce, and green onions. And it just comes in this like massive platter. So my wife and I wow. shared one, and it's just like chock full of like meat and cheese curds and the gravy. And oh my god, that sounds sound that sounds so good. I don't know what Alabama white sauce is, but it was delicious. Alabama white sauce is like a mayo-based barbecue sauce, kind of. Oh, okay. Well, there you yeah. go. Perfect. Yeah. Compared to like other things we've talked about, it's not like the most exciting sounding. It's not groundbreaking. It's not something that's like brand brand new. But my god, this was one of the best poutines like I've ever had in my life. Um, and um, and it's it was every bite was just drenched in gravy, and like every bite had a bit of cheese and. Um, every bite had a, like a, it was so well mixed and so well proportioned and each of the things, like it didn't feel like it was overly soggy and whatever from the, from the gravy and the sauces and the crunchy chicken or the big crunch chicken still had like crunch to it. And like, Oh, it was just, every bite was to die for. And I, I can't stop thinking about it. So sounds like it's well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. You you were saying it came out like on a big platter, which tells me that it's probably pretty shallow. So they were able to get. Yeah. Kind of like every every bite, every flavor, which is really great. Exactly. And with the with the chicken, the the trick, the trick is you gotta you gotta double bread it, and then yeah. you gotta fry it once, and then you let it cool, and then you fry it again, and the outside gets Ooh. so crispy. Oh. 
that nothing sauce. will penetrate it. No amount of Alabama white sauce will penetrate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. Damn, it worked. And it works so, so well. So, yeah, that's um, awesome. If you're ever in the mood for a poutine with a crispy chicken, like this is one to look out for from Jones Barbecue. Where in Victoria is that? Uh, it's in, on Cook Street. And they also just opened oh, okay. a, yeah, yeah. a Cook Street and kind of North Park area. Uh, and cool. they just opened a location in Langford on Goldstream. Avenue. I bet they did. Yeah, they <laughs> did. Them and everybody else. <laughs> Uh, cool. So Jeff, what have uh, what have you been uh, consuming this week? So I'm gonna bring it back to our roots, and I'm actually I've actually have a wine. So um, I was actually just I was browsing the BCLS, I was just looking for something nice to drink last night. I've been kind of feeling really apathetic about what I've been drinking. Um, been been wanting something different, but nothing too elaborate, and just kind of mm-hmm. wanting to kind of you know work my way through. Uh, just kind of not not really not really wanting to commit to having you know nudes or a certain beer or whatever and uh kalina my wife actually suggested getting a red wine and i was like hey that's that's a good idea um and i kind of was browsing the the local wines and kalina pointed out to me a cab merlot and was like oh that sounds good because she was really craving a heavy red and yeah. it's been a long time since I've had one. Probably, probably skipped all last winter having a heavy red, yeah. uh, which is. But it's been really cold here, as I'm sure it has been for you. And so that felt really kind of warm. And we set up for Christmas. Uh, last, normally we do it on December first, but last yeah. this past weekend we did it because I'm going to be working through that weekend. So um, we set up for Christmas, and we kind of we had our fireplace going, and we're like, oh, you know, a cozy red would be really nice right now. So. Um, so we got the Cab Merlot from Red Rooster. Yeah. And Red Rooster is well known for having very consistent, very delicious wines. Um, this one was only 20 bucks at BCL. Oh, wow. It was $20. It was a 2019 Cab Merlot. And it was absolutely fantastic. The, the only note I had was it could have been just, just a tiniest bit more tannic. But I think... <laughs> That that is because I was looking for something that was a little bit less easy drinking. Right. Uh, it was it was a little bit too easy drinking that right. um, the bottle finished very quickly and <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like it felt like nothing like not in an alcohol sense but it felt like you know you're 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 drinking nothing it it, it was so smooth um, very blackberry very um, kind of like leathery flavors um, you know all those kind of like bougie you know. Yeah. Uh, w set <laughs> things that you can say about wines to yeah, make yeah. it sound fancy. It was really good. It was really good. It wasn't sweet by any means, um, right. but it was very fully full flavored, uh, juicy. Um, you know your typical Naramata bench reds. Yeah. Um, and it was a be- really nice balance between the Cabernet and the Merlot because you know, Merlot can be anywhere from really light to really heavy, mm-hmm. and Cabernet can you know, knock your socks off. So the Merlot mellowed the Cabernet a little bit. And I love a Cab Franc. I, I love a Cab, um, Cab Cabernet Sauvignon. But 
I have to be in the mood for it, mm-hmm. and I have to be in the mood to have purple lips for a week afterwards. <laughs> uh, but this one, it didn't do that at all. It, it was just, wow. it was so smooth. It was so good. And we put in our fancy wine glasses, and we put on our warm socks, and we watched The Bachelor and drank her <laughs> Cabernet Merlot. That so, sounds like my kind of night. <laughs> it was a really nice, cozy night. And, oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, we were we were in the middle of a conversation, and both of us kind of stopped at the first sip, and we're like, that's a really good glass of wine. That is a really <laughs> good glass of wine. So... <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, awesome. highly recommend. Really good bang for your buck for sure, and um, yeah, it's. It, I I was just googling it for kind of reviews online as well uh, when I decided I was going to talk about it. It's classified as sweetness dry, which I agree with, but it doesn't have that kind of tannic bomb you'd get from Shiraz or yeah. or uh, Gamay. So, um, I think it could have you know maybe two to five percent. Shiraz in there to to balance it out yeah. a little bit, but I don't think it would do what it's trying to do as right. a wine. So I think that we're talking about a different wine at that point. So totally. I do, I recommend it very highly. I think it was really, really good. Um, it's from what I see from this website that reviews wines, it was rated 89 out of a hundred by wow. uh, on average by everyone who's um, tried it. And that's with three years of data. So yeah, really great. And um I'll definitely be grabbing for it again. Excellent. Oh, I love... That is something I love about uh, winter. It's the red wine season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to follow that religiously, and I don't I don't so much anymore. I just kind of no, grab what I'm feeling on the day, but oh, fair enough. this was a really good... It's cold, it's cozy, it's yeah. red. Yeah. Let's go, yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have to look out for that. All right, so tell me about your food on wheels. Oh, my food on wheels is a good one, uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, so I'm talking about a food truck called Morning People. Uh, and it is a lovely little uh, food truck that now I believe sits permanent in its location. So that's great. Um, and it's located in a place called Cook Street Village. And so if for those of you who don't know Victoria at all, Cook Street Village is kind of past the downtown mark and a bit east of beacon hill park and it's it's a beautiful it's a nice little quaint stretch of uh of road and there's got a lot of little um small businesses and uh, like a few pubs and a lot of uh, bougie food and stuff like that so it's kind of a it's a neat place to be and it's it's really really quaint um and they've done a really good job like maintaining like that look and that feel in cook street village and this actually uh adds very nicely to this area and we'll we'll talk a little bit more uh, later of where it's located because i find that really interesting but as i always do i like to start with how this came about i can feel the eye rolls jeff thank you So um, Morning People started in the downtown Victoria Inner Harbor area in 2019. Um, So a good time to start. (laughs) Nothing ominous on the horizon there. Um, And it catered to mostly uh, tourists uh, from the the cruise ships and the hotels and stuff like that. And uh, despite that, they did very, very well. Uh, They uh, had... Something a little different for food trucks at that time for for Victoria. And so they had like acai smoothie bowls. They had um, uh, breakfast sandwiches and lunch sandwiches. But they really kind of laid into the uh, the, the the smoothie bowls as kind of their staple. Um, 
and then COVID hit. <laughs> and uh, Classic, so th- yeah. Yeah. So they shut down uh, when COVID hit. And in May 2020, uh, they were able to reopen in a new area, uh, like I said, called Cook Street Village. And they were actually able to open in this, almost, uh, they call it the Cook Street Village Food Court. It's adorable, adorable name. But it's this little, like, I don't even want to call it an alley, but it's like this space in between a bunch of buildings. Like, alley is not the right term. It's not dark and grungy and stuff like that, but it is, like, between buildings. But it's this nice, like, open area with picnic tables and little cafes, and there's a second food truck right beside it. It's a really nice place to to go and hang out. You can bring your dogs and, and stuff like that. And um, it's this it, cute little it, spot with picnic Is it tables. covered or is it, like, open air? Open air. Uh, huh. And they, they'll have, like, uh, lights that go across and everything, and they decorate it really nicely for different holidays and stuff like that. So they were able to... So look- it was, it like, was an alley, but has been repurposed? Totally, yeah. Yeah, uh, cool. But very, very, like, quite quite a wide alley, if we're going to call it that, and, like, open air. So it's uh, right. you don't feel like you're in an alley at all. Um, I just don't know what else to call it. (laughs) So there's other cafes. Like I said, there's uh, food trucks in there and there's tons of picnic tables for them, for, for people to grab their food from the food truck, grab their coffee from the, from the cafe and just sit and have a nice meal. Um, And so they were able to open there in May of 2020. And uh, the area had not done super well for food vendors in the past. Uh, But the owner of the truck was, super like keen on the area love the area uh, i think and with like covid times kind of winding down a little bit like people were going out more and this was a perfect opportunity for people to be outside in the fresh air and uh, see one another who haven't who they haven't seen for a while and uh and just a really nice meeting place for everybody to come together and enjoy delicious food okay. um now they they still have their SIE bowl uh, bowls and and some granola and stuff like that, but they're really leaning towards like the breakfast sandwiches and the lunch sandwiches and and breakfast hashes as well. I had the um, I had the club in a bun, which was which I actually kept and I kept the bacon as a kind of kind of a test. And mm. so it's a local uh, smoked uh, pulled chicken, uh, local bacon, caramelized onion, tomato, local greens, and a house garlic aioli on a toasted ciabatta bun. Nice and simple, but my gosh, the flavors that they used to pull this together was absolutely brilliant. It was yeah, smoky. Sounds good. It was barbecuey kind of, and uh, the the vegetables and the uh, and the meats blended so nicely together. Uh, the garlic aioli gave it that little bit of obviously garlic flavor, but it's like creaminess to it. The b- toasted ciabatta bun was so soft in the middle, but like a little bit of a crunch on the outside, but not overly yeah. crunchy. I love like, ciabatta. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, nice to point out that all of their uh, sauces and their baked goods are made in-house, which I find mm. pretty impressive considering it's wow. like a food truck. And yeah, well, they'll have like a commissary or something where they do it. Yeah, but, and actually, yeah. I think their commissary is right beside it. And, and oh, amazing! Yeah, um, so nice and easy for them to move stuff around there. And all of their vegetables, uh, or at least most, if not all, are locally from locally sourced areas and local other local businesses in Victoria or the or the island. So, kind of ticks all the boxes for what I look for in like a in a good in a good. Uh, restaurant or food truck that they're supposed they're supporting other local businesses and providing like high quality high um high sustainable 
highly sustainable food practices. So yeah, amazing. And I had it outside of their hash, um, or their smashed potatoes. So they're uh, very lovely, very crispy on the outside, which my wife absolutely adores. Um, and they cover them with like a garlic sauce as well as a, as a side. Um, they're, they're, uh, breakfast hash when you look at them they're just beautiful to look at just smothered in sauce and smothered in vegetables and meats and stuff and it's still they use that smashed avocado which i am falling more and more in love with as every time <laughs> i have it it's so good um and then i i happened to see somebody get the dom dai sie smoothie bowl and it's just so like colorful and beautiful to look at and uh, looked very healthy and um and exciting to eat so um might have to try that sometime. I'm not really much of a smoothie bowl person, but like I would definitely try that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the thing with smoothie bowls and uh, I might get in trouble for saying this, but you put a bunch of fruit and you blend it up Mm -hmm. and then you put it in a bowl and then you put a bunch of fruit on it. Yeah. Like just have a smoothie. <laughs> well, anyway, this one looked really good. <laughs> I imagine it was, yeah. Uh, it's it's it just I I I've had some very good smoothie bowls. Yeah. I just think the concept is kind of funny. That's yeah. all. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, they provide also some drinks as well. So they've got Salt Spring Island uh, kombucha, which I thought was really cool. And I also didn't know that I assumed that somewhere on Salt Spring would make kombucha, but I hadn't yeah. actually ever seen it. So I've had it before. It's good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Um, they also have like the Philips soda, the Fantastico coffee, Yerba Mate, uh, drinks, and hot, some hot teas and bubles. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a brilliant place and I can't wait to go back and try more of their breakfast stuff. Cause I think that's, um, what they're most known for their hash, uh, their hashes look absolutely incredible. So I'm, I am eager to go back especially, but I, I feel like I'm gonna have to wait till like the warmer weather comes around because I want to sit and enjoy the uh, yeah. <laughs> the ambiance, and I feel like I would just if yeah. I did that now, I'd just freeze my butt off and I'd be very unhappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So if you're ever in the Cook Street uh, area, Cook Street Village area, or in Victoria, and you're looking for a food truck for breakfast, lunch type items, I highly recommend that you look this place up, and you can find them. In what they call the Cook Street Village Food Court, which is has actually a location um, and an address, which is 1109 Mackenzie Street, Unit D. You can access it from either Mackenzie Street or uh, Cook Street, and you'll see Morning People Truck right off the uh, right off Cook Street there. So it's uh, not easy to miss. Like you, you see the food truck, and they have their big sign out right there. So stop in and have some delicious food and enjoy the kind of uh, the the cute and uh, area of cook street village is it is it a full truck or is it like a trailer it's a full truck cool yeah yeah sweet have you seen that some breweries are putting um like food truck shells what outside of their kitchen so they'll have like an open kitchen concept yeah and then they'll put like a casing around like the pass through, like the window to their kitchen to make it look like it's a food truck. Huh. Like, like to the point where like the first place I ever saw it was parallel 49. They actually have like a food truck inside, but it's just functioning as a full like kitchen for them. And I guess it was cheaper for them to buy a functional food truck and park it inside and then run the piping and stuff out. Um, 
than it was to put, install a kitchen. Yeah. And and so now I've been to a couple of places where they have their kitchen set up as a proper kitchen, but then they'll have it look like like it'll just be like it'll almost be like someone cut a food truck lengthwise. <laughs> so there's like a foot yeah. left and then they took that casing and then they put it on so that the window lines up so it looks what? like it's a food truck but it's just the wall <laughs> oh my gosh no i don't think i've ever seen that that's awesome what did, yeah, what i'll see if we can find some pictures for you and send them yes please do yeah well that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey taste pc radio is recorded edited and produced by jeff wilson and me dan cavanaugh you can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our taste pc map Make sure to follow us at TasteBC Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. Links are in the show notes. Tune in next time to find out what we'll be tasting next. And never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really does help us grow, and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep it tasty. (laughs) (laughs) And I just spilled coffee all over myself. We just talked about this. Come on, Jeff. It is not my day for coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.